0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Failure Effect, a podcast where we talk about failure and how to reclaim this word and turn it into success. This week we have a very special guest, a good friend of mine, her name is Rita Kanana. She is the co-owner of UAE Auto Spares and she is here to tell us all about the time you had to share your food items with your staff because the sense of failure was overwhelming you. Welcome to the show, Rita. So before we get to that very exciting part of your life, let's start right at the beginning, because I know you've been an entrepreneur since like the word go. What what brought this out in you?
1: Um, I think entrepreneurship was instilled in me at a very early stage because of my mom. My mom has always been an entrepreneur for as long as I've known her. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think it was only a natural transition for me. Um, So the bug caught me early on um, after high school. And this was in between figuring out what I wanted to do, what I wanted to study. Um, I found myself studying, back then, what we were calling computers. I did a bit of uh, web design. I did a bit of animation, and along the way, I found myself um, setting up a design and animation studio um, and that was in my very early twenties. Uh, we came together. I found a group of guys we had you know similar desires, similar likes, and we ended up setting up a company. We got some. Pretty interesting clients mm-hmm. um, at the time, um, and basically learned along the way. None of us really had any kind of business training or management training. We li- we really didn't understand how to run a business, so mm-hmm. we were pretty much winging it mm-hmm. um, and loving it, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we progressed, um, in and in hindsight, um, I realize it, it's it's very important for you to have. Uh, some kind of um, a business background when you're running uh, a business and when you're working with other people. Um, And along the way, realized um, maybe one of us should have been good at finance or good at business Uh or good at operations. All of us were creative. Mm -hmm. And I kind of had to learn on the job on how to go out and look for business, mm-hmm. and that's how I ended up being a business development/slash sales/slash marketing person. Um, so we ran the business for about two two years consecutively. Mm-hmm. Um, towards the end of the second year, we realized, you know, we have problems with overheads. Um, clients aren't paying or the ones who are paying aren't paying enough. Right. Uh, we're young so we don't really have the experience of what the market is charging.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so along the way the overheads got really overwhelming right. <clears throat> and ultimately the company had to fold. Okay. So I was lucky I had the support of my parents right. um, and even all through you know they never once told me don't do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they supported me, um, always asked me what it was I needed, you know, um, always asked me how business was, you know, right. um, my mom busy telling me, make sure you pay all your debts, you uh-huh. know, um, but ultimately we had to fold okay. uh, because we couldn't keep up with the overheads. We are all students, you know, and I just went back to school. Right. Um, but some of us decided to form a, another company, a splinter company, that transitioned into a 3D animation studio. Mm-hmm. Um, but personally, I stepped back and I went back to school, All right. which is really what my parents wanted, you know, me to go back to school to get the knowledge so that I'm able to yes. properly run a business. Right.
0: So my question is, at this point, given that, I mean, no one starts a business so that they can watch it collapse. So there's an inevitable feeling of, my God, I have failed. And it's your first business. So you're asking yourself if you're actually good at this at all. Is this something you should ever consider doing again? Is this a little bit of what you were going through?
1: Yes. um, In the back of my mind, of course, I was like, you know, oh, my God, I failed. I can't sustain a business. Mm. I can't look for enough business to sustain us because ultimately that's what I used to do. Um, but having a support system with, from my family was good. Mm -hmm. Having a support system and parents who encouraged me, my mom encouraged me, my dad encouraged me, um, that was a good thing because I never gave up. I never, I never felt that I can't do this again. I felt that I can do it, but better with the proper tools, the proper learnings. So I knew at some point in my life I would end up again in entrepreneurship.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> you go back to school.
1: Yes. Uh huh. So I go back to school. I do a diploma in information systems. Um, basically, I've always loved technology. It's always been part of me. Um, and I complete it. Then from there, I get a job at um, a local ISP mm-hmm. at the time, and I was hired as a web designer. Right, And I enjoyed it, I loved it, because that's really what I wanted to do, design and a little bit of code. I don't really like code, but mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I worked as a designer, mm-hmm. um, then transitioned to another company, where I was also hired as a designer, a web designer. Um, then at some point, I came across a company that used to lay fiber for one of the premier fiber companies in the country. And they were looking for a GM, someone to help run the business, somebody to help the CEO, and somebody to help with the operations. Wow. And they hired me for that role. Mm-hmm. So. The CEO had no idea that he was mentoring me. Right. I don't even think he knows that to date. Mm-hmm. But uh, working for that company exposed me to the the gritty business side of things. Right. Yeah. Because we had to deal. Uh, with our client we were laying fiber for. we had to deal with the vendors who are supplying all the materials that need to come in place and I also had to manage a team Mm -hmm. you know there's a team of engineers um, there's a team of customer service agents so I had to manage all that Mm -hmm. Um, so that for me was a steep learning curve like right but I still enjoyed it Mm -hmm. in fact I think that was a point in my life where I knew I am not a techie and I don't wanna do techie stuff. And that's how I transitioned, I think hardcore, into the business side of tech. Right. Um, So I worked um, with them for about a year and I was Mm headhunted to work for one of the oldest technology companies in the region. Mm And they needed somebody to handle their uh, service and support business right so that basically meant um, they sell equipment to clients, but these clients need service and they need support after sales support, mm-hmm. so they needed somebody to manage that transition once they've sold then what right. what happens after that yeah. how do we continue serving the clients after that and how do we make sure they keep buying yes so i also had a small team then that mm. i was running and the gm at the time also taught me quite a bit wow. And this is somebody who we're still in the technology circles with somebody who's still a good friend of mine and somebody to date who is still supporting me and during that whole learning, I've, in fact, one of my core mentors, still a mentor today, I met in that company. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, working with a team, working within a team, yeah. um, continued pretty good experience as well. Mm-hmm. And then I was headhunted by... A multinational. Your, your
0: life is just full of being headhunted. You are so lucky. <laughs>
1: yeah, I was yeah. headhunted by one of the largest telecommunication vendors, a mm. multinational. Mm-hmm. Um, got interviewed, got hired, was given a region, East Africa. Wow. Um, and that was where my, my career transitioned into... Travel career. I started to see the world, started Uh to travel, uh, started to engage um, teams and colleagues and clients outside of Kenya, Uh and got a lot of training, you know, on how multinationals do business, Uh um, a lot of exposure as well. Then, along the way, got hired by a second multinational well wow. <laughs> from this to this to this right yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think it also matters where your mind is yes. at the time it matters where your mind is and it's not that everything was smooth of yeah. course there are always speed bumps mm-hmm. but it matters when you have a good support system and I'll yes. say that you have a good support system um, you know yourself you know even when it's rough sometimes it gets rough when, when you're a seller There are days you don't have business. There are days you don't have clients signing up. There are days you don't have sales. Mm -hmm. Um, So those days can make you or break you. So the people around you, the the colleagues around you, (coughs) the people you keep around you and your family as well, it it really matters to Mm -hmm. keep you grounded Mm -hmm. and also remembering why you're doing the things you're doing. What's your journey? What's your vision? Where are you going? So it, it, it matters to have your mind at the right place mm-hmm.
0: my question right now is you didn't go back to university to study business no no what did you study I continued with I went to the Africa Virtual
1: University and did uh, computer science okay
0: Okay. Yeah. So this is at the time when you're thinking to yourself, perhaps business isn't for you. And then suddenly all of these opportunities start dropping in your lap and giving you like the university experience that you need, except in the real world.
1: Correct. So actually, Mm. I went back to KU. Yeah. Did the um, Africa Virtual University program, which was conducted by, which was run by MIT. Right. That is
0: such a prestigious you know institution yes yes mm-hmm.
1: so our, all our lectures all our content was MIT right and it was virtual mm-hmm. so I went back I did uh, the computer science program and I completed it but as I said earlier the hardcore techie yeah that wasn't for me and I realized I don't want to be a coder
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I love coders y'all. right I don't want to be a coder it's just not for me <clears throat> I enjoy the business side of technology. Mm-hmm. And that's how, I guess, my career transitioned okay. into that.
0: So, <clears throat> did this then lead you, after all of your work with the multinationals and all of the traveling that they give you and the exposure to working with international teams and managing local teams, did this at some point inspire you to say, okay, right, now I'm ready to test the waters again?
1: It, it kind of was a natural transition, because mm-hmm. at some point, um, I started feeling that I needed more. Right. At some point, I was like, there has to be more than this, you know? Yeah. Not because it was a terrible experience, but because I, I knew, I think, in my heart of hearts, I knew it was coming, you yeah. know? I needed to just find something. Mm-hmm. I needed to just take that leap of faith so I talked to, my mom is a big mentor for me when it comes to business, so I talked to her, I told her how I'm feeling, and she's like, mm, uh, you'll know, when the time comes or when the opportunity comes, yeah. you'll know. Uh-huh. Um, my dad was the opposite, no, stay. <laughs> where you, you are. You just can't leave,
0: <laughs> yeah. wait.
1: So, um, so at some point, I took their leap of faith mm-hmm. and left Okay, and that was when I met my co-founder mm-hmm. at the time for a payments business I was looking in fact at that time that's that was that was what everybody was talking about Africa was getting into payments you know, Pan-African payments, how do we do cross-border payments, right. you know? How do we enable e-commerce payments in Kenya? Mm-hmm. So, that was hot in my head. And what year was this? 20, 2017. Okay. This was 2017. Mm-hmm. So that's, my mind was already there. I was looking, you know? I was open, the mm-hmm. universe, I was telling the universe, you know, just show me yeah show me the light, show me the way, yeah. Um, so when I met him and we had a one on one conversation, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah this this is the answer. This is actually what I've been looking for, right And we we moved on and okay. set up the business, um, and we decided let's do this, let's try this. so mm-hmm. he has he has um payments experience he's done it in the past so that encouraged me because Mm -hmm. I was like yeah it can be done if you've done it yeah and successfully then it can be done yeah so we teamed up business okay that's that's business development so business development um I started off as a chief business officer Mm -hmm. and basically my role is to look for strategic partners and look for business yes um and we we Hit it off, we decided to, you know, put everything in place. I left my employer uh, eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, And even when I was leaving, I wasn't feeling like I was leaving a gap or like it was hollow. I knew what I was doing and why I was doing it. And, yeah, and the business came to life. Clients Paying clients finally showed up right you know it's 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 a business it yes. takes a while to get paying clients yes um, and yeah I, I haven't looked back since okay yeah
0: so what happened with this business because um, <coughs>
1: so it takes a while to get paying clients yeah. right um, and you don't give up because you've gone to client one two three and they're not paying yeah. or they're not signing up some mm-hmm. will pay Mm-hmm. Some will sign up and not pay, right. you know, or yeah. not pay on time. And some just won't sign up. They will go to competition mm-hmm. or maybe their strategy will change. Mm-hmm. And this is not a priority anymore. Yeah. So I've learned that you need to have a very thick skin. Yes. Uh, you need to have a backup plan, although sometimes that's easier said than done, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can exhaust your backup plan. And that's what ended up happening. Yeah. Uh, so at some point in the heart of COVID, it got really difficult. Um, we didn't have, we couldn't afford to pay, you know, our teams.
0: We couldn't. And this is when you started sharing.
1: Yes, I mean, food, you, yeah. you can watch your people starve. Mm-hmm. So what I had, I shared. Okay. And it's a natural thing to do, it's the right thing to do. Yes. Um, it was, it was hard because you beat yourself up. You're like, these guys are looking up to us. They're Mm -hmm. looking up to me, Mm -hmm. but I can't afford to do it. I'm Mm -hmm. not doing what I'm supposed to be doing for them. Right. You know, but I can share my food. Mm -hmm. I can share my pantry so that Mm -hmm. nobody sleeps hungry. They're loyal. They're there. They're not quitting and going to look for other jobs. They're there. They're -hmm. consistent, which means I owe them something. Right? Yeah. So... It's. It, it was a difficult time and feelings of failure, you know, to a point where it's almost crippling oh. because other people are dependent on you. Yes. And these are not even your own children, they're yeah. other people. Yeah. Um, but the lesson for me was that doesn't last forever. Okay. You need to find a way to sail through it. Mm-hmm. You have to find a way to sail through it. It means borrowing borrow mm-hmm. and because there's a plan right yeah. this is not hot air yeah there's a plan yeah um, and somebody else believes in your plan mm-hmm. believes in your goal believes in your vision mm-hmm. so that for me was was a lesson it doesn't last forever um, and you don't don't let that uh, kill you, you right. know, it, it will it will put you down it's hard yeah but don't stay there yeah you no know? try not to stay there yeah i have my family my parents who were you know like just they're always yeah. there my mentors they're just yeah. like yo everyone is struggling just mm-hmm. you know s- try and stay the course yeah. so we never shut down the business mm-hmm. we almost did okay we almost did but we didn't shut down the business um it at some point opened up mm-hmm. um the clients started paying again mm-hmm um
0: and here we are okay yeah. so are you still the CBO of the business
1: uh, no I'm not the CBO of the business uh, anymore
0: okay what happened there Um, I'd rather not get into that okay yeah all right so we can't talk about that but it must mean that there were lessons that you took out of your experience there since you are no longer an active part of the day-to-day business so what would you take away from that?
1: The learnings I have taken away from that is you need to choose your investors very wisely and you need to choose your business partners very wisely. Uh, Partnerships are essential and they are king. Uh, Collaborations can help you grow exponentially. Uh, You can't do everything yourself most of the time but you have to choose those relationships very wisely. Okay. That's my biggest learning from that.
0: So you step away from this CBO role and then what happens next? Did you just go home and you know think through life or what happened? Did you take all of this experience you've had and go straight into another business?
1: Actually I've done both. Um, Of course there was a point of reflection I had to t- step back, um, get into a point of reflection so that I can figure out where I went wrong
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, in my personal capacity and also figure out where I'm going mm-hmm. and how I'm gonna get there. Mm-hmm. So of course technology is my heart, yes. it's part of me, it's who I am um, and I was looking, I have been looking, and I found data. Mm -hmm. I've I've been reading a lot about data and I'm like, "Hmm, how do I get into data? What can I do? And I eventually found myself in that space. Um, And part of the reflection was talking to other people as well. Um, There are many people who've been where you've been before, Uh, many people who are going through or have gone through what you're going through before and Those answers are always there. Mm -hmm. You know, they may not be the perfect fit, but the answers are always there so in my reflection and engaging um, Some of my mentors I ended up in another technology company um, basically a data company and I'm at the right place mm-hmm. at the right time. Okay.
0: Yeah. Right. Except that today you're here as the co-owner of UAE Auto Spares. So tell us, like, how did you go from selling, you know, techie Tech. stuff to selling <laughs> car parts?
1: Spare parts. Yes. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people ask me how, how. So my history with motoring starts when I was mm. a child. Mm. And I give credit to my dad. I'm an only girl. Um, and my dad used to do a lot of DIY, you know, fixing cars, our cars at home. So I learned early on what spanner number 10 is. Mm -hmm. I learned early on, you know, what, uh, Jack is, you know, and that again was very natural for me. I ended up in motoring circles, Mm -hmm. motoring groups, um, So when the opportunity came again in 2020, when everything had shut down. Yeah. um, I, I, I just asked myself, is this something I'll enjoy doing? I said, yes. Went back to my mom because she's my business, my core business mentor. Went back to my other business mentors and it was a tick. Okay. And I got a very good proposal from my business partner Mm -hmm. in that business and I took it on and now we are running the business together he's not based here Mm -hmm. he's based um, outside of the country which is where we primarily source right you know Mm -hmm. uh, the spare parts
0: I suppose that's why it's called UAE
1: correct correct (laughs) Uh so that's where we primarily source our stuff and it's been a good run. Mm-hmm. We've just managed to expand, you know, UAE spares. We've got in a bigger space, um, which is a plan that we didn't actualize last year. Right. It was actually part of our expansion plan last year, but we couldn't do it. Business was very difficult. Mm-hmm. But towards the end of last year,
0: everything just sort of opened Things up.
1: opened up again, and right. we continued with the plan. So, okay.
0: yeah. Okay. That's how I
1: ended up in motoring and cars.
0: Wow. So, what kind of, of what kind of clientele are you looking at? What kind of cars do you source parts for?
1: So, we focus on high-end mm-hmm. European cars, mm-hmm. from Mercedes-Benz to BMW to mm-hmm. Audi, mm-hmm. and we also focus on American cars, mm-hmm. from the Jeeps to Ford. Ford. Yeah. And then we also focus on high-end mm-hmm. uh, Japanese cars. Okay. That's really our portfolio. Alright. And you
0: yourself are like um, the queen of the Mercedes club. Yes, <laughs> yes. I
1: have no apologies to make for that. None, none. Okay. And again, mm-hmm. this was because of my parents. Right. Um, the first time I saw a Mercedes-Benz car was with my uncles. Right. And I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. This car is everything. Mm-hmm. And at some point, when I became an adult, I told... My mom and dad, you know, my first car is going to be that one. Mm-hmm. And I pointed out a mark. Right. And they never told me no.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Told me, good, work for it.
0: Excellent. I they, love never no. yeah. they never told me
1: no. They never told me, you're dreaming. They just said, yeah, good, just keep working. Um,
0: work for it. What a love parents who motivate you like that. Yes. So what lessons have you brought into your current business? from all of your experiences, all of the businesses that you've GM'd for, the business you're CBO for, the businesses that you learned from, and how you're applying them now in your current situation.
1: I think it's important to talk to other people mm-hmm. because they've been through this before, or somebody has a suggestion that, you know, was not top of mind for you. I think it's important to have a mentor or two um, for that guidance, somebody mm-hmm. who you admire, somebody who's way more experienced than you, and somebody who has what you want.
0: Okay, yeah, all right.
1: So that's one. Um, the other one is you have to remember your why why did you start? Mm-hmm. Uh, why are you doing this? Um, that should keep you grounded and actually be able to keep you going. Okay. Um, and the other thing is, you need to remember that something is guiding you. Mm -hmm. Something is protecting you. Mm -hmm. Um, and whatever that is, the universe, your God, you have to remember to always fall back on that. when things aren't going the way they're supposed to, always remember to fall back on that. Mm-hmm. Because that's powerful, you know? It's not just about you, but it's
0: bigger than you. You have to believe that it's bigger than you. Okay. When was the last time you felt supported by the universe?
1: Imagine sharing the food in your pantry, Yeah. but you're not sure yourself when you're gonna be able to replenish that food. Mm-hmm. That, for me, was that point where I knew something is something is holding on to me, something is protecting me, and I was able to give with no inhibitions. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So there was no scarcity mentality. You felt abundant all through this.
1: I try to remind myself to always believe in abundance. How okay. I live, even what I teach my daughter. You know, mm-hmm. she can be defeated by something, but I remind her it's okay. Mm-hmm. try again yeah they still the next time and the next time so I try to live by that okay yeah
0: finally what is your why
1: my why hmm. my why is my daughter okay my why is my daughter um, I need to leave a legacy mm-hmm
0: yeah. And she's 10 years old right now. She
1: turned 10 last year.
0: Excellent, because I think you're going to leave an absolutely stunning legacy. Thank you. <laughs>